It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Croatia's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Croatia's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, this preamble is going to be the same for every media cast we do for the player series. So uh, those familiar with it can jump ahead to around three and a half to four minutes uh, when we begin talking about the team. And the times for each section are at the top of the show notes. And for YouTube watchers, there's a handy dandy timestamp uh, that you can click to go directly to that point. Uh, for those looking for a quick version of this, you can skip to near the end of the media cast, the last 10 minutes where we summarize the likely starters. And prior to that, with about 25 uh, minutes remaining, we'll have some discussion on the squad. So the main issues with the squad, their club affiliation, uh, some statistics and an overview of new injured and outgoing players. We'll also be editing this media cast into a shorter version uh, for those who are just looking for an overview. For those looking for a deeper dive, you've come to the right place. Uh, we go through the players and how likely they are to make it to the final squad. And we explain why we think so and give information on each player's history and standing with the squad. Uh, the way we do this is by first organizing the players into their designated position. Uh, it should be noted that these are a bit artificial since players, especially Croatian players, uh, do not always play in their coded positions. It's nevertheless a good way to organize the discussion. And then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our soccer files. And using that data, we try to predict how likely uh, the player is to make the team um, based mostly on their recent participation, but a couple of other factors as well. And we categorize them into definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seem to be off the squad. We also mention uh, big players who have recently retired, and we make note of any who are currently injured. Uh, we finish with a quick run-through of the squad again and try to determine which of the players will be starters. Okay, and for those following on YouTube, we run a very simple graphic where we list the names and you can actually see the players' names, which is unfortunate uh, because uh, we're probably going to mispronounce a few of them. Uh, this is the same broadcast for the audio podcast, so we're going to try to repeat the names a few times to help listeners familiarize themselves uh, so that you know uh, who the player is when they step onto the field. And uh, perhaps you can impress your friends by telling them something that you've learned here. And that's as much as we can do to this point. But as the rosters are being published, we will do an update episode on the teams and players. For the players podcast, that will essentially be going over our predictions, updating them based on the games played to that point and any new information we find. And uh, we re will reveal which players were selected uh, for the preliminary and final squad. So keep your eye out for those uh, probably in early to mid-November. All right, let's move on to talk about uh, Croatia. And we did a, a couple of podcasts on uh, Croatia. One was for the uh, 2021 Euro Cup, 2020 Euro Cup actually, but it was in 2021. And uh, we've recently finished uh, uh, a podcast on their group, 
for this cup. There's also a short version of that. And so these are some of the takeaways from um, the previous podcast. But we'll kind of introduce them here and maybe talk about them more uh, a bit after the player-by-player uh, run-through. So uh, one question uh, was, was 2018 just good fortune? And uh, I'll deal with that one here. Uh, certainly they emerged from what was widely seen as the easy bracket of the final stages of the World Cup. Uh, also, uh, Croatia's not regularly a top team, uh, not regularly contenders at the semi-final level. However, like the old Yugoslavia, they can be relied on to pop up from time to time uh, near the top and their 1998 third place finish in the World Cup is evidence of that. Uh, however, that the group stage was their best finish uh, uh, apart from that uh, is evidence of their intermittency. And that was actually uh, the next point, kind of intermittent success. These are more team issues, so we won't go into too much detail on it. But um, uh, more than Serbia, Croatia has kind of followed the old Yugoslavia in uh, as as we saw in 1998 and 2018, just kind of popping up as successful and um, and sometimes suffering uh, big lows in between. Sometimes not even making tournaments or getting knocked out in the group stage. So um, um, think of Croatia as a team of intermittent uh, rather than steady success, but uh, always kind of a danger. Uh, another issue that came up is the uh, aging squad. And, um, well, well, we'll see if this is true. Uh, again, we'll talk about it at the end. Uh, but keep your eye out as we're going through the player-by-player -player podcast to see uh, if we've been accurate in, in uh, kind of in describing them that way. And uh, finally, um, as far as the uh, World Cup goes, uh, will they be battling for first? Uh, will it be kind of a, an, an, an easy second place or will they find themselves battling with Canada and or Morocco um, uh, for that second space uh, spot or even for um, uh, even suffering third or fourth at their hands? Again, something that was more uh, for the team podcast than for this player podcast. Uh, focusing now more on the uh, squad, We'll take a look at formations for recent games. So um, we'll go back as far as the Euro Cup uh, in 2021. And we saw that in uh, three of the games there, they had a 4-3-3 formation. And in one of the games, a 4-2-3-1 formation. So we're going to see that these two uh, formations are their preferred formations they basically go back and forth between those two um although they do throw in an odd formation once in a while uh for world cup qualifying uh, we see basically the same thing although it was uh, a 4-2-3-1 uh, equally as much as the 4-3-3 there and then for game five which was against um uh, Cyprus, no, it was against uh, at home to Slovakia. Uh, it was an odd 4 1 4 1 formation. And nevertheless, we are seeing four defenders at the back consistently. And uh, basically, the three for the three man forward line 
um, it's maybe good to view it as kind of a centre forward along with two uh, attacking midfielders. Usually it's attacking midfielders who play that role for Croatia rather than uh, forwards on the outside. Um, so uh, we moved to Friendly where they used a couple of weird formations actually. They tried out a three-man defence and uh, a lot of new players uh, in their friendlies. So uh, kind of atypical games for them. A 3-5-2 in uh, the first friendly, and that was against Slovenia. Uh, played in Qatar, interestingly, were both of these friendlies. And the second one, a 3-1-4-2. Very unusual formation. I've rarely seen that. Uh, uh, again in Qatar, this one against Bulgaria. So really just using those games to uh, try out different players and different formations. And uh, obviously it didn't attract them too much because in the Nations League they went back to their regular formations uh, twice using the 4-2-3-1 and twice using the 4-3-3. So fairly evenly split between those two formations. A 4-2-3-1 and a 4-3-3. And uh, you can kind of envision uh, Croatia in that uh, setup. Uh, personally, I envisioned them more as a 4-2-3-1, um, uh, even though they do use 4-3-3 uh, about half the time. All right, time to move on to the player-by-player uh, -player section of the podcast, by far the longest section. And we'll begin by talking about their manager. Actually, we're going to give a little bit of uh, uh, history uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the story here and for some of the other positions, especially in situations where there's kind of a hole uh, remaining after somebody left. That's not really the case uh, in this case. It was for a while... Uh, Niko Kovac uh, was their manager all the way from 2002, um, all the way from 2002 to the 2014 World Cup. And we won't go into detail uh, about him, but uh, just to know that there was kind of a long-time manager uh, in place there. Uh, for 2016, they went with uh, Anki Kasic, and um, he didn't last long, just the 2016 tournament. And then the current manager, um, Zlatko Dalic, uh, came in uh, in time for the 2018 uh, World Cup. So he led them through that uh, successful tournament and through the Euro 2020 Cup. Uh, and so has been in the position for a while, since 2017, uh, in fact. And before that, he... he um, Managed uh, largely in Saudi Arabia, actually, from 2010 to 2017. Saudi Arabia and then uh, United Arab Emirates. And prior to that, it was uh, club teams in, in Croatia and one in Albania, too. However, uh, from 2006 to 2011, he was manager of the under-21 uh, Croatian national team, so has been uh, in the scene for quite a while. He uh, played professionally um, from 1983 to 2000, but didn't earn any uh, international caps there. So uh, Zlatko Dalic uh, looking to take them through the cup here, and uh, let's look at goalkeepers. So we'll begin just by naming names and um, 
the candidates before us, and then we'll look at them in more detail. So again, here we'll begin with uh, a couple of players who are out of the picture, and um, um, provide a bit of history on it. So uh, Daniel Subasic was their keeper uh, uh, before, uh, kind of uh, prior to this. Uh, we'll tell you why we're including him here. We also have Lovri Kalinic, um, who actually seems to be off the squad uh, here. And um, we'll talk a little bit about him uh, more in terms of historical than current candidates. In terms of current candidates, we have Dominic Levakovic uh, as a definite candidate, Ivica Ivusic as a likely candidate, uh, Ivo Gerbic as a possible, and uh, Nedeliko Labrovic also as a possible, and finally Simon Sluga as possible but unlikely. So let's just begin with a little history. We won't go into too much detail on these players, but just to uh, uh, provide the context, uh, Daniel Subasic was their starting keeper for the uh, Euro 2016 and the World Cup 2018 squad. Uh, he announced his retirement after the 2018 World Cup squad. Uh, and this, I'm presenting this uh, mostly to show why they have ba uh, basically new goalkeepers or fairly new goalkeepers um, as candidates for this. Uh, Lovri Kalinic, um, it's still actually around. He last appeared for the national team for the 2021 Euro Cup, but he's only 32 years old, so uh, kind of an outside candidate. We sometimes uh, see players coming back in to the squad. And um, he was uh, the backup keeper, uh, or at least on the roster, uh, on the squads for the Euro 2016 uh, World Cup 2018 and Euro 2020, uh, but in all cases he was uh, a bench keeper uh, playing behind the starter. So Lovri Kalinic, though, no longer seems to be uh, a candidate as as a backup keeper. Again, explaining why they have some um, less experienced players as their main candidates here. First up is uh, Dominic Levakovic, uh, not as inexperienced as the rest. Uh, he is a definite candidate, and uh, we, we see him as the starter. Um, he uh, did start six of the 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for the seven others. So uh, Dominic Levakovic has been with the team since 2017 and has 33 caps, and he is uh, 27 years old. He plays for Dinamo Zagreb in uh, Croatia. That's one of the biggest teams uh, in Croatia, so we'll see a lot of teams having been with that, with that club. And his first tournament was the 2018 World Cup. In fact, actually, he was uh, selected for the preliminary squad for the 2016 Euro Cup, but he didn't make the final cut. He did make the 2018 World Cup uh, squad, though, and seems to have been the third, th uh, third string keeper there behind Subasic and Kalinic. Um, uh, didn't see any action there. However, for the Euro 2020, he kind of uh, jumped ahead of uh, Lovre Kalinic to, to be the starting uh, starting keeper. So he finished uh, started and finished all four games there and um, uh, um, seems to be their starting keeper now. However, uh, we'll see why he hasn't started 
uh, or a lot of the games uh, in the period since the Euro Cup. Um, that's partly because Ivica uh, uh, Ivusic, the likely candidate, has played some of the games. Uh, he got his first cap in September 2021 and started five of their remaining 13 games. Uh, he was on the bench for four others and injured for two. Uh, so there were two games he was not selected for. And uh, Ivica Ivusic um, has been with the team just since 2021. So one of... Uh, one of the new players, uh, new goalkeepers, in fact, all of them are quite new here, uh, since 2021 then, and five caps and zero goals. He's 26 years old, uh, 27 years old, actually. And um, uh, he plays for Osijek in Croatia uh, since 2018. But he has been outside of Croatia uh, playing for Olympiakos in Greece in 2018 and uh, Inter Milan in Italy from 2014 to 15. He didn't play any games for Inter Milan. Uh, rather, he was loaned to a much smaller club in Italy uh, called uh, uh, Prato, but he was with Inter Milan's youth club for five years. So Ivica Ivusic uh, looks like the backup keeper here. And we have two uh, possible candidates uh, also, so Ivo Gerbic, and uh, he started two of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and I'm going to call it the 2021 Euro Cup just to orient you to when it actually was, and he was on the bench for four games and not selected for four others. So Ivo Gerbic, again, uh, oh sorry, just like uh, Ivusic, uh, has been with the team since 2021, uh, and just those two caps he is 26 years old, and he plays for Atletico Madrid uh, in Spain. So uh, is maybe an up-and-coming uh, uh, keeper now that uh, a couple of the bigger names have, have left the squad. Finally, we have Nedeliko Labrovic as a possible candidate. He got his first appearance on the bench in June 2022, uh, so just recently. Uh, he didn't start any of those four games. Um, but he was subbed in for all four. Uh, no, he wasn't subbed in. He was on the bench for all four matches there. So he doesn't have any caps for uh, Croatia. He's very young, uh, just 23 years old, and he plays for Rijeka in Croatia and was with Sibinek uh, before 2021. Uh, Nedeliko Labrovic. So it looks like uh, those two, uh, Gurbic and Labrovic, will be kind of... Um, uh, vying for the uh, third string keeper squad. Uh, Simon Sluka also has an outside chance. Uh, we have him as possible but unlikely. He didn't start any of their 13 games uh, since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was on the bench for seven. However, he kind of dropped off the team and wasn't selected for the last six matches, so um, making it less likely that he would uh, reach the squad. Okay, well, we'll finish this section by kind of summarizing the position. So as we saw, even though um, uh, Levakovic looks like the starter, he only played about half of their games uh, since the uh, Euro Cup. Uh, he did play all the games in the Cup, um, but in World Cup qualifying games, he played three, but Ivusic played two and Gerbic also played two. And then uh, Levakovic and Ivusic 
uh, equally shared in the friendlies and the Nations League games um, towards the end. So uh, it looks like um, it might be uh, kind of a battle between the two, or it could be that, um, which I'm seeing more and more, teams are just rotating two players rather than having uh, uh, one consistent starter. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in September, and we'll update that uh, in the podcast just before the World Cup. Let's move on now to defenders, and we will start with central defenders. So uh, as we saw, they pretty much always go with two central defenders. They did try out three central defenders in friendlies, um, but seemed to return to uh, two central defenders in the Nations League games in June. So we have no definite candidates here, but we have a likely candidate in uh, Duje Kaleta Kahar and in Dejan Lovren and in uh, Domagoj Vida. Uh, all likely candidates. We also have uh, Josko Gavardiol as a possible candidate. Uh, jo uh, Josko Gavardiol. And in fact, uh, we have several uh, possible candidates. Um, um, Marin uh, Pongracic. Uh, sorry, Marin Pong Pongracic. And uh, Martin Ehrlich and Joseph Sutalo. I should probably put those two uh, above uh, Pongracic because they've played more. Anyway, uh, I'll repeat the names. Martin Ehrlich and uh, Joseph Sutalo. And we also have Mile Skoric as a possible but unlikely uh, candidate. Okay, uh, sorry about the uh, delays there. So let's uh, go through the players. We'll talk about Duje Kaletakar, uh, one of the three likely candidates. So he started six of their games since the Euro 2021 Cup, and he subbed in for one and was on the bench for five, uh, just one match that he wasn't selected for. And the reason there's no definite candidate here is because they seem to rotate among uh, these three, which we'll talk about when we summarize the position. Anyway, so uh, probably uh, uh, closer to a definite candidate, but uh, six of their 13 games made us put him as likely. Uh, Duje Kaletakar has been with Croatia since 2018, uh, but in that time he has 23 caps and one goal. He's 26 years old. Uh, recently moved to Southampton in England in 2022, but was with Marseille in France before that and Red Bull, Red Bull Sol Salzburg prior to that. Um, and he uh, uh, did make the World Cup in 2018, the year he earned his first cap, but he was only a substitute there. So uh, he appeared only in game three, uh, which was a B-team game for Croatia. However, by the 2020 Euro Cup, he was a starter, and uh, but only uh, two of the games, games one and four there. So perhaps they were rotating uh, there as well. Okay, so um, he scored one of their goals in qualifying, by the way. And uh, we'll move on to Dejan Lovric. So Dejan Lovric started four of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was on the bench for one, uh, but he was injured for the last six games. 
uh, and not selected for two others. Uh, but uh, uh, he was back to playing for his club team by July 2022. So whatever injury it was uh, doesn't really factor in here. And four in 13 games would not normally have us putting someone as a likely candidate, but he is a big name for uh, Croatia. So um, that kind of maybe upped him uh, one spot there. Dejan Lovren's been with Croatia since 2009 and has 71 caps and five goals and is 33 years old. Uh, he's with Zenit St. Petersburg in Russia despite the uh, political problems there and uh, a lot of players leaving their Russian teams. He has stayed with his. Zenit St. Petersburg is uh, pretty far north though so kind of uh, away from the uh, um, from the problem with Ukraine right now. And uh, he's been with them since 2020. Uh, prior to that, he was with Liverpool from 2014 to 20 and uh, with Southampton in England, where uh, Kaleta Carr is now. And he also played for Lyon and uh, Dynamo Zagreb, which was his youth club, uh, as well as his first club. So Dejan Lovren's first tournament, despite... Um, uh, despite uh, getting his first cap in 2009, he uh, didn't make the 2012 Euro Cup. He was on the preliminary squad, but not didn't make the final cut. However, for the 2014 World Cup, uh, he was a starter, uh, started and finished all three games there. Uh, however, for the 2016 Euro Cup, uh, he had some conflict, a falling out with manager, um, that we talked about earlier, anti Kasic, and uh, uh, didn't make the squad. Um, uh, he uh, he gave him an ultimatum, actually demanding a starting position. Did Dejan Lovrich, and uh, the manager refused. So. Um, uh, he didn't make the cup. However, uh, with the new manager for the 2018 World Cup, he was selected and, and was a starter uh, in that tournament. Uh, two. So um, 2020 Euro Cup, though, he was uh, uh, just a substitute, not a substitute. Uh, he started and finished games two and three. So kind of a starter. Again, a bit of a rotating position there, but he didn't appear in games one and four. And he got two yellow cards um, uh, in that cup. Uh, pretty nasty fouls, as a matter of fact, but uh, uh, didn't get suspended. Um, okay, so Dejan Lovric, uh, a likely candidate. And finally, in that category, we have Domago Svida. So he started five of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for one and on the bench for six. So just one match that he wasn't selected for. So probably uh, above, of, uh, ahead of Lovren in the pecking order there uh, because Lovren uh, was injured, so it's hard to know if he would have been selected as much. Uh, Domagos Vida has been with uh, Croatia since 2010 and is uh, currently on 99 caps and has four goals. And he is uh, tw 32 years old, 33 years old, and plays for AEK Athens in Greece. And prior to that was with Besiktas in Turkey and Dynamo Kiev uh, in the Ukraine. And uh, another with uh, Dynamo Zagreb uh, as well, although that wasn't his youth club. Um, Osijek 
was. Uh, his first tournament was the Euro 2012. He was just a sub there, but uh, and, and in the 2014 World Cup, he didn't see any action in the World Cup. But for 2016 uh, Euro Cup, he was a starter as well as for the 2018 World Cup there, and he was actually uh, excellent in in the World Cup there with uh, many crucial stops as well as uh, uh, um, proving a bit of a threat on offense too, especially with headers. So he did score one of their goals. Uh, oh, uh, that was in qualifying, not in the cup itself. No, he did score in the cup itself too, uh, on a header against uh, uh, Russia. Okay, uh, so uh, Domagos Vida, a likely candidate. Now we move on to the four possible candidates. The first one is Josko Gavardiol, and actually um, uh, he is coded as a central defender, but he played as a right defender uh, in the Euro Cup, as we'll see uh, soon. But I'll give you his recent history here. He started five of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for one but not selected for seven, including the last four matches. So that kind of dropped him down to the possible category. He's uh, been with the team since 2021. Uh, so a very new and uh, young player, just 20 years old, but he does have 12 caps and one goal. So he uh, plays for Leipzig in Germany, um, but he has uh, been loaned actually to Dinamo Zagreb, uh, which he played for beforehand. So. Um, uh, that's where his club situation. And uh, we we said he was a starter in the Euro 2020 Cup, uh, 2021 Cup, starting all four games there. But as I said, as a right defender rather than a central defender. So he has played some games as a central defender, which we'll see soon. Okay, um, okay I'm going to move uh, Pongracic to... Um, a bit later and talk about uh, Martin Ehrlich first. Uh, Martin Ehrlich is brand new to the squad. He got his first cap in June 2022 and uh, started three of their four remaining games in those Nation League games and was on the bench for the other. So uh, Martin Ehrlich making um, quick inroads into the team, three caps since 2022 and is 24 years old. And he plays for Sassuolo in Italy and actually with with Spezia in Italy before that. So a new player, as is Joseph Tutalo. Uh, Joseph Tutalo got his first appearance in June 2022. He was on the bench for the first one, uh, but he started two of the three remaining games um, there and was on the bench for the for the first one as i said and uh, he is 22 years old and plays for dinamo zagreb in croatia and um, loaned to istra 1961 um, also so dinamo zagreb was his youth club as well uh, of course uh, none of these players have any tournament experience under their belt which is why on the uh, youtube graphic their name is in light gray uh, Marin Pongracic uh, returned actually after 11 month absence in October 2021 to start three of their remaining 10 games and he was on the bench for four uh, but not selected for three matches so uh, he's been around a bit longer than the other two um, and he has been with Croatia since 2020 
uh, but only has five caps in that time. He is 25 years old and plays for Wolfsburg in Germany. Uh, currently on loan, though, to Lecce in Italy. And uh, he was also loaned to Borussia Dortmund in 21, uh, 2021 and 22. Uh, prior to Wolfsburg, he was with Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. Um, but uh, his whole career has been in Germany. Uh, he may have been born in Germany. I, I, I should check into that. But judging by his youth career, uh, he's always uh, uh, played his soccer in Germany. So Marin Pogresic, the last of the possible candidates. And uh, finally, we have Mile Skoric. So Mile Skoric uh, didn't start any of their 13 games since the 2021 uh, Euro Cup, but he was subbed in for two and on the bench for five. However, uh, he wasn't selected for the last four matches. So Mile Skoric has been with Croatia since 2017, but just seven caps in that time, and he's 31 years old. So um, he plays for Osijek in Croatia. Uh, that's his second spell with them. Uh, he wasn't selected for the 2018 World Cup, but uh, was for the 2020 Euro Cup, but he was just on the bench and saw no action. So uh, possible, but unlikely there. Let's finish this section by summarizing the position of uh, left, of, um, sorry, center back. So there are two, as we saw, uh, but they did try a three-man defense in the friendlies. And uh, some, of the, some of the new players we saw here uh, were playing in those friendlies. Um, in the cup, it was always Vida, uh, and he was paired with Kaletakar twice and Lovren twice. And uh, in the following World Cup qualification games, uh, those three rotated uh, in the first half of the World Cup qualification games. But uh, in the second half, the right defender, Gvardiol, uh, oh no, he is a central defender, but we saw him as the right defender in the cup. Anyway, uh, Gvardiol uh, came in and uh, was a starter in the last four games, uh, rotating with um, each of those players, the, the standard players, Vida, Kaletakar, and Lovren. Uh, and then it kind of blew up after that. Uh, after that, Kaletakar is the only one who appeared in either the Friendlies or the Nations League games. And it was a bunch of new players, too many to go through. Uh, some of the ones we've talked about here, but some different names too, um, uh, in the Friendlies. And then an entirely different set of new players in the Nations League. However, those Nations League players were the ones that we talked about here. So um, Kaletikar appeared in one of the Nations League games, but it was the new players, Ehrlich, and Sutalo, uh, who emerged as the pairing in the last two games. So interesting uh, to see those veterans kind of disappearing. Carletacar, not so much a veteran as the others, and these new players uh, coming in. Um, uh, coming in. So I'm really curious to see what they'll go with in the friendlies prior to the Cup and in the Cup itself. Let's move on now to left backs, and we have, uh, well, we're going to start with Ivan Strinic, uh, a kind of a veteran uh, who is off the squad uh, now, uh, but his his absence kind of leaves a hole, uh, and we'll we'll just look at the players who are 
potentials to fill that hole. So we have um, Borna Sosa uh, only as a possible candidate, though, and uh, Borna Barisic also as a possible candidate, and then two players who seem to be off the squad, uh, but are still enough in the picture that, that we uh, kind of list them here. So an outside chance of coming back, and that's uh, uh, Domagoj uh, Braderich and Dario Melniak. So let's go back and uh, just look at the situation beforehand with Ivan Strinich. And again, we won't go into uh, too much detail, but uh, he was a starter in the Euro 2012, 2016, and the World Cup 2018, and probably would have been in the World Cup 2014, except that he was injured uh, for that tournament. So 2018, um, as we saw, uh, in 2020, it was central defender, um, uh, central defender uh, Josko Gvardiol who filled the role, but again, uh, kind of playing out of position, it seems. And uh, he hasn't played as the right back since the beginning of World Cup qualification. Um, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, summarizing the position a little bit. Anyway, Ivan Strinic uh, leaving a hole that they still seem... Uh, to be struggling to fill. Well, the candidates we have coded as left-backs uh, are Borna Sosa, so we'll begin with him. He got his first cap in September 2021 and started six of their remaining 13 games and was on the bench for four. However, he was not selected for the last three matches. So uh, he's a new player since uh, after the uh, Euro Cup there since 2021 and has eight caps and one goal and is 24 years old. And he plays for Stuttgart in Germany, having moved from uh, Dinamo Zagreb, which was his youth club and his first club. Uh, he actually was considered for the World Cup uh, in 2018, uh, selected for the 32-man preliminary squad there, but he didn't make the final cut um, and uh, also was not part of the... Um, uh, not part of the Euro Cup in 2020. So he's been around, but is, is basically a new player as far as tournaments go. Uh, Borna Barisic um, started four of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for one and on the bench for five uh, and not selected for three matches, including the last two matches. So it looks like they were looking to these... Uh, players to fill the position but certainly in the last uh, games there in June um, it, they, they uh, dropped off the squad so um, anyway let's uh, move on oh and by the way Borna Barisic I didn't finish him uh, he's been with the team since 2017 and has 27 caps and one goal uh, and is 30 years old but uh, despite not playing the last two matches, I, I consider him the most likely candidate in a position that they're struggling to fill. Uh, Barisic plays for Rangers in Scotland since 2018 and with Croatian uh, teams prior to that, several of them. And uh, he also made the preliminary squad for the 2018 World Cup but didn't make the final cut. Uh, but he was selected for the Euro 2020, uh, but he was a substitute, appearing only in uh, Game 3 uh, as a substitute there. Okay, uh, we have two candidates who seem to be off the squad. 
Um, sorry, just give me a moment to uh, organize myself here. Okay, and the first one is Domagos Braderich, and uh, he uh, last appeared for the national team in the 2020, uh, 2021 Euro Cup. So uh, 2020 was the only year that he actually earned any caps for the for the team. Uh, he got four caps for Croatia. Uh, still probably a candidate because he's just 23 years old, but off the team for the time being. He plays for Salernitana, Salernitana in Italy since 2022 and was with Lille in France before that and had Duke split in Croatia before that. And he was selected for the Euro 2020, but uh, he didn't see any action in that tournament. In fact, he wasn't even on the bench for game three uh, there. So uh, Domagoj Bradrick, uh, a young player, and we may see him come back in the future, but uh, kind of came and went there. And Dario Mel, uh, uh, Meljak, Mel, Melniak, um, last appeared for the national team in March 2021. So he earned eight caps between 2019 and 21. Uh, he's 30 years old, but he's off the team uh, now um, and had never played, uh, never played in a tournament. Okay, so uh, we have those candidates and uh, the two most likely candidates didn't play the last two games, so we'll see how they manage that. Uh, Gavardiol, as we saw, the central defender, played all games in the cup and uh, then it was mostly um, uh, Sosa in the early World Cup qualifying, but Barisic came in um, uh, came in for two games there and uh, this position didn't exist uh, for the friendlies if you think it was a three-man defense uh, however the the uh, the normal uh, left and right backs or at least the left back moved up to play left midfielder so Barisic uh, can be considered to have played the spot by being the left winger in one of the friendlies there. And Sosha and Barisic each played one of the Nations League games, but for the last two games where they were absent, it was the right defender Juranovic, who we'll meet soon, uh, playing in the last two games. So uh, whatever that means, whether they weren't satisfied with Sosa and Barisic and chose uh, an out-of-position player or Perhaps Sosa and Barisic were unavailable for that game and Jur Juranovic was just filling in. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, for more evidence about that. But a pretty interesting situation there in the last two games, kind of drafting in a, a player uh, out of position to play in, in that spot. And now we'll talk about that spot, the right-back spot, and the... Uh, the main candidate there is Joseph Juranovic, who we just met, playing as a left-back for the last two games in June. And on that side, we also have uh, Joseph Stanisic as a likely candidate. And then we have an outgoing veteran, uh, uh, Sime uh, Versalico, um, who is retired, but a bit of an interesting story there. So we'll come back to that. Uh, okay, Joseph Juranovic, in addition to playing those last two games as left defender, um, 
he's been the primary player on the right. So he started 10 of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for one and not selected for two. So Josep Djurinovic has been with Croatia since 2017, and he has 21 caps and is 27 years old. Currently plays for Celtic in Scotland and was with Legia Warsaw in Poland before that, and uh, Hadjuk split uh, among several Croatian teams that he played for. Hadjuk split being the last one from 2015 to 20. Uh, he wasn't selected for the World Cup squad in uh, 2018 and uh, actually um, came back from a three-year absence in 2019 uh, and was selected for the Euro 2020. On the bench there for games one and two, but gained a starting position for uh, games three and four uh, as the right back. And he's pretty much held down that position ever since. However, the recent development of him playing a left back kind of throws a spanner in the works there. Um, but normally we'd say he is the... the um, uh, the, he is the spot-on right-back. Uh, however, Joseph Stanisic did play uh, quite a few games. He started three uh, after his first cap in October uh, 2021. He started three of their remaining 10 games. That's not quite a few, but just a few. Uh, he was subbed in for two and on the bench for one. For the other four games, he was playing with the under-21 team. Uh, he's 22 years old now. So uh, five caps and, uh, um, uh, sorry, three caps since 2021. And he was born in Germany and is actually with Bayern Munich in Germany now. So that's a big club affiliation uh, for him. And he was actually with Bayern Munich's, uh, uh, their second team and their youth team, uh, Joseph Stanisic. Okay, and he doesn't have any tournaments under his belt, being as young as he is. Uh, finally, we have kind of an outgoing, the outgoing player in Sime Versalico, but he has played in the period that we talked about. In fact, he played um, the last of their 13 games since the 2020 uh, Euro Cup, 2021 Euro Cup. And uh, he was on the bench for two games beside, but he was injured during this period. Uh, for seven of the games. Uh, interestingly, though, he played in the last game in June 2022, but then in August, he announced his retirement. So uh, he's not a consideration for the squad here. And again, uh, leaves a bit of a hole because for the 2014 and 2018 uh, World Cups, he was the starter uh there and actually started in the 2020 euro cup too however he was um uh, lost his starting position uh in that in the uh, cup and uh as we saw juranovic took over so that's the situation um with uh versalico so a bit of a sudden exit there at the end but of course he was uh, kind of getting old uh, he's, uh, well, not as old as all that, 30 years old, but uh, suddenly announced his retirement. Um, so uh, at the right-back position, we have Versalico playing the first two games and Juranovic the last two in the Cup. So even as far back as the Euro Cup, we saw 
Juranovic kind of taking over the position. And then in World Cup qualifying, it was Juranovic all the way, uh, although Stanisic came in for two of the games. Uh, the position didn't exist in the friendlies, as we saw on the left side, a three-man defense. But uh, just like on the left side, we saw the the um, the back uh, moving up to a winger position. So Juranovic moved up to the right wing in one of those games. And in the Nations League games in June, it was Juranovic uh, on the right in the first two games. But then we saw that Juranovic moved over to the left for the other two games. And... Um, Stanisic and Versalico each played one of the last two games as if they were making uh, kind of cameo appearances there. So again, a little tough to say uh, what's going on at the left back and right back position given those changes in the last couple of games. So we'll have to wait and see. Okay, that is uh, the right back position and we're going to move on to midfielders now. So we begin with uh, defensive midfielders, but we're going to put them together with central midfielders uh, because those positions overlap. Uh, so uh, in, as a defensive midfielder, we've actually moved uh, Mateo uh, Kovacic. Uh, uh, his primary designation is as a defensive midfielder, but we've moved him to the right midfield because that's where he's played more of his games. So uh, we'll talk about uh, Christian Jakic, and we should could actually move him up to attacking midfielder because he's played um, that a little bit more. But we'll stick with what we got here. Uh, we have him as a likely candidate, Christian Jakic, uh, not necessarily, though, playing in central defense. And uh, we also have Nicola Moro as possible but unlikely. So those are the only two players um, we'll deal with here. And uh, uh, Christian Jakic got his first cap in October 2021 and started two of their remaining 10 games. Uh, he was subbed in for two besides and on the bench for six others. So uh, that he's always called up is the reason we have him as a likely candidate, although he doesn't look likely as a starter. Christian Jakic has been with Croatia since 2021 and he has four caps and no goals, and he's 25 years old. He's playing for Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany since 2022. That's a, a new move, and uh, was with Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia prior to that, uh, but he was loaned to Eintracht Frankfurt uh, uh, in 2021 and 22. Uh, prior to that, he played for teams in Croatia, including MK Lokomotiva, uh, another of the big clubs there. Uh, he doesn't have any tournament experience, having earned his first cap after the Euro Cup, um, but has seemed to uh, make good inroads into the team. Uh, Nicola Moro uh, got his first appearance on the bench in September 2021, uh, also after the uh, Euro Cup there. He started one of their remaining 13 games and was on the bench for four. However, he wasn't selected for eight matches, including the last four. So that put him down to uh, possible, but unlikely. So uh, he's brand new to the team since 2022 with uh, just that one cap. And he's 24 years old and plays for Dynamo Moscow. 
uh, in Russia. So another player that didn't leave uh, Russia. A lot of countries kind of insisted that their players leave uh, Russia with that um, Ukraine situation. Oh, and uh, sorry, I'm wrong. He did leave Russia because uh, he's on loan to Bologna in Italy now. So um, so many uh, players playing in Russia have actually left during this political crisis. Um, okay, and he was with Dinamo Zagreb uh, uh, before that move to uh, Dynamo, Dynamo Moscow. So Nicolo Mora, uh, possible but unlikely candidate. And let's... Uh, um, do central midfielders before we summarize this position. So um, we have Marcelo Brozovic. Uh, he's actually um, uh, an attacking midfielder. Um, that's his primary designation, but we've moved him back. We've moved a lot of Croatian players around really to put them more where they are playing rather than what their designation is. So Marcelo Brozovic, a definite candidate and really the primary central midfielder for them. Um, as in the center of the midfield, uh, Luka Modric fans were, were about to blow a gasket, uh, if I didn't clarify that. Okay, Luka Susic uh, is a possible but unlikely candidate. And uh, Milan Badel, uh, a, a player who seems to be off the squad. Uh, so three candidates to look at here, and we'll begin with Marcelo Brozovic. So uh, he started 11 of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was injured for the two others. So seems like uh, one of the first on the, on the squad list there. And uh, he's been with the team since 2014 and has 76 caps and seven goals and is 30 years old. He plays for Inter Milan in Italy and has done so since 2015, uh, moving over from uh, Dinamo Zagreb, where we see so many of their players uh, uh, got their start. Uh, he actually didn't start with Dinamo Zagreb uh, um, like some of the others. That wasn't his youth club. Uh, okay, but uh, he was selected for the 2014 World Cup um, and just appeared as a substitute there. Uh, but for the 2016 Euro Cup, he was a starter. Not not so for the um, World Cup in 2018. More like a rotating uh, position there because he started four of the games and subbed into um, uh, two others and then one game, the B game he didn't appear in. Uh, okay, and uh, for the 2020 Euro Cup, he started all four games uh, there. He got two yellow cards in that tournament, but uh, avoided suspension. And um, uh, Marcelo Brozovic, uh, a definite candidate, as I say, usually playing in the center uh, of the central midfield. Uh, Lukas Sucic is possible but unlikely. He got his first cap in October 2021. Uh, after the Euro Cup, but didn't start any of their remaining nine games. He was just uh, subbed in for three and on the bench for two. Uh, for the other four, he was with the under-21 team. And he's just 20 years old now. Uh, so, um, yeah, so uh, 
uh, uh, he he doesn't have sorry, sorry I kind of lost myself a bit there uh, he doesn't have any tournament experience being as young as he is uh, so yeah kind of looks like he uh, came into the team I think I have him as possible but unlikely because those teams uh, those games he wasn't selected for were towards the end uh otherwise i probably would have put him as a possible candidate but we'll see there's a long future ahead for Suchic. uh finally milan badels uh last appeared for the national team in the 2021 euro cup so he was with croatia from 2010 to 2021 and has 55 caps on his record and now he's 33 years old still playing club soccer uh with genoa in italy most of his clubs in recent times have been with uh, in Italy, so Genoa, Lazio, and Fiorentina, and he also played for Hamburg in Germany. Um, in terms of tournaments, he was on the roster for the 2012 Euro Cup and the 2014 World Cup, but he didn't see any actions in those tournaments. Uh, however, he was a starter in Euro 2016. Um, but in the World Cup 2018 and 2020 Euro Cup, uh, a bench player. So, uh, yeah, never or only for Euro 2016 did he uh, kind of really uh, get into the squad. Otherwise, he was kind of on the fringes and is now out of the picture, Milan Badel. So I wouldn't say he's leaving a hole uh, there because he was only the starter in 2016. Uh, okay, now we can summarize. Uh, and by the way, I should have said at the beginning, for those who are wondering why I haven't mentioned Luka Modric, uh, he's coded as a central midfielder, but we moved him to the uh, right midfield because he's kind of played on the right side of the central midfield or as a, a right midfielder. Um, so we're going to talk about him there. All right, so the... Uh, Position of defensive or central midfielder, it could be one player or it could be two uh, or it could be three. But when it's three, we tend to uh, call them left and right midfielders. So think in terms of one or two for this discussion. Uh, when it was one, it was uh, Brozovic, despite being uh, coded as an attacking midfielder, it was Brozovic. And uh, when it was two central uh, midfielders. It was uh, Modric and Kovacic in uh, one of the cup games. Uh, that was the only time it was two two players. So uh, throughout the World Cup qualifying, it was Brozovic, and um, when it was two uh, when it was two central midfielders, he was paired with Kovacic. Um, in the friendlies, Moro took uh, took a shot at the uh, position, but uh, the the uh, anyway, I'll move on. Uh, Brozovic and Kovacic, uh, Kovacic resumed their partnership in Nations League. However, uh, Jackets replaced Kova, Kovacic once. Okay, so to summarize, uh, when it's a single uh, central midfielder, it tends to be Brozovic. Often it'll be Kovacic on the left side and, and Modric on the right side. When it's a two-man central midfield, uh, it's usually Kovacic uh, kind of joining uh, Brozovic in a pairing. Okay, uh, so that is defensive and central midfielders. Let's move out to uh, left midfielders. And when we talk about the position, uh, this position, we're kind of thinking more a defensive left midfielder, uh, although uh, some of these 
players do move up and score goals even. Uh, but we'll begin with left midfielder, and the player in that position uh, has been uh, Mateo Kovacic. So we have him as a definite candidate. Uh, that's the only one uh, we have here. Um, as far as this goes, because they uh, don't use a position much, as we saw. Uh, sometimes it's just two-man central midfield um, there. So uh, Mateo Kovacic has started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for two, uh, suspended for one, actually, and injured for two others. So always called up when available, uh, but hasn't always been available. Uh, he has been with Croatia since 2013 and in that time has an impressive 83 caps uh, and he's not a scorer, just three goals there and uh, just 28 years old, so still a few years left in him. He plays for Chelsea in England and has done so since 2019, uh, moving over from Real Madrid, who he played for since uh, 2015. He was actually loaned to Chelsea at the end of that spell. And prior to Real Madrid, played for the top Italian team into Milan. And he had moved over from Dinamo Zagreb, where he played his youth and first club team there. He was actually born in Austria, uh, Matteo Kovacic. And um, Inter Milan paid 15 million euros for him when he was just 18 years old. So uh, kind of has always looked a promising player. Uh, he was a starter in the World Cup in 2014, but he actually did lose his starting position uh, in that cup and was just a substitute in the 2016 uh, Euro Cup. So as far as the national team uh, goes, he, he kind of got off to a sputtering start. Even in the 2018 World Cup, he uh, was just a starter in the B-team game, uh, otherwise just a substitute, although he did come into uh, um, uh, five of the games, as a sub four of the games as a substitute, sorry. Um, uh, and in Euro 2020, he was a starter. So, yeah, seems to finally be coming into his own as far as the Croatia team goes, as a starter in the 2020 uh, Euro Cup there, and uh, has been fairly regular in the central midfield uh, on the left side of it um, ever since. So we'll actually summarise this position, uh, left midfielder. Uh, in terms of a kind of a defensive left midfielder, it's only used in the 4-3-3 formation, uh, and it's uh, it was um, Kovacic in the cup, and Kovacic in World Cup qualifying as well. Although Pasalic, who we'll meet a bit later, uh, did replace him in the last two games. However, Kovacic resumed the position in friendlies and in the Nations League games in June. Okay, finally, fans of Luka Modric, you have what you are waiting for. Uh, we moved Luka Modric over to the discussion of right midfielders, and we have him there as a definite candidate. And actually, he's the only one uh, we have there. We've kind of divided midfielders a bit more specifically for Croatia. Um, so uh, other players actually coded as um, midfielders uh, we'll meet later on. Uh, Luka Modric himself is coded as a central midfielder and secondarily as a defensive midfielder and tertiarily as a attacking midfielder. But... Uh, 
uh, yet we talk about him as a right midfielder here. He started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for three and was injured for three, but those were the first three matches following the uh, Euro Cup. So Luka Modric uh, is the captain of the team. He's been with uh, Croatia since 2006 and has 154 caps and 23 goals. Uh, so Luka Modric, but he is uh, 37 years old, so getting up there in age. He's recently uh, reached his 10-year his, uh, mark with Real Madrid in Spain. Can't say there's a lot of players who, who do that. And prior to that was with Tottenham in England for four years and with, you guessed it, uh, Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia before that. Uh, that was his youth club uh, as well. Uh, okay, well, uh, he was uh, part of the squad for the 2006 World Cup. He was just a substitute uh, at that point. But even by the 2008 Euro Cup, he was a starter and uh, uh, all the way through for all of their tournaments, uh, a starter. By the 2018 World Cup, he was a captain. Uh, he was the captain of the team and started all the games there. And uh, he did miss a penalty uh, in that tournament, which would have ended uh, a game in extra time. Uh, it was against um, sorry, uh, oh, against Denmark. Yes, I remember it. Uh, uh, Denmark uh, hold a player down who was uh, racing towards the net. So uh, it looked like that uh, Croatia would win the game uh, on. Uh, that penalty, but he missed it. He, he did show good courage in stepping up for another penalty in the penalty shootout, uh, but they did lose that uh, game. Uh, he was awarded, Luka Modric, the Golden Ball Award as best player of the tournament uh, for the 2018 World Cup, so quite an honour there. And uh, he was around two for the 2020 Euro Cup as the captain and starter. Uh, in that, uh, uh, continuing to to, to uh, make some beautiful passes and beautiful plays, and uh, not as influential in the 2020 Euro Cup, uh, though as his age uh, does seem to be starting to show. Nevertheless, a definite candidate for this one, and uh, probably on the uh, kind of right defensive midfielder role for Luka Modric. So again, uh, to summarize the role itself, uh, right midfield uh, was only used in the 4-3-3 formation. Otherwise, we'll talk about right attacking midfielders or right wingers. Uh, and almost always it's Modric playing in this position. Uh, and uh, Pasalic actually did play there once, the kind of roving uh, midfielder Pasalic uh, once in World Cup qualifying. Okay, well, we're going to move on to uh, left and right wingers. Uh, but um, there are no players. There are players coded, which we'll mention in a little while. But let's just talk about the position so that you understand why we've moved players uh, from this designation. So uh, left wingers are rarely used. If you think about it, uh, the, only in the 4-1-4-1 formation or in the 3-5-2 formation, which they used once in friendlies. Only in those uh, kind of formations are there wingers. But in the in the um, the two formations that Croatia like, the 4-3-3 and the 4-2-3-1, uh, 
there really are no wingers in the 4-2-3-1. Uh, we consider the three uh, midfielders, we consider those attacking midfielders rather than wingers. So um, the few times that they have used uh, uh, the position of winger, it's been, um, it's been a right back or a left back moving up into the position. So on the left side, uh, it's it, uh, Barisic moved up once. And sorry, uh, just once uh, the back moved up. Otherwise, it's uh, basically an attacking midfielder player. So uh, Perisic has played the position of left wing two of the three times that they've used it. On the right wing, it was uh, left back uh, Juranovic uh, coming up uh, from the right-back position to play right-winger in the one game uh, during World Cup qualifying where they had a winger. And in the friendlies, it was attacking midfielders uh, Orsic and uh, Ivanusic, which we will um, meet shortly. Okay, and uh, just to uh, make clear, there are a couple of players uh, designated as left-wingers or coded as left-wingers. Uh, Joseph Bracalo is coded as a left winger, but we've moved him to left attacking midfielder slash left forward. Uh, and on also on the left wing, uh, Mislav Orsic, who we just mentioned as playing left wing one time, but more often um, plays uh, as an attacking midfielder, either on the right or on the left. So we've moved him to an attacking midfielder uh, to the discussion there. And that's what we're gonna move on to here. Um, so really, uh, we've moved all the candidates out of left and right wing to, to, uh, attacking midfielder. And that moves us on to forwards where we include attacking midfielders and, uh, for Croatia here, we are going to add uh, left and right attacking midfielders since they often play in that four, three, three. So it could be, uh, a four, two, three, one, it'll be a left and right attacking midfielder and a four, three, three, a left and right forward. So we'll uh, cover those in the same discussion. But we begin with generally attacking midfielders. And we're going to talk about definite candidate uh, Mario Pasalic. Um, plays in various positions, actually, but usually in a more attacking role, especially a central attacking midfielder when... Uh, they use a formation with that position. And a player we just mentioned, Mislav Orsic, uh, also a definite candidate. And those are the only two we have there. So let's talk about them. And Mario Pasic uh, started 10 of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for the other three. So not only always called up, but always used as well. And he has been with Croatia since 2014 and has 42 caps and seven goals and is 27 years old. So he's currently with Atalanta in Italy and um, played for uh, Chelsea in England from 2014 to 20, but was actually loaned out uh, quite a bit in that time too. Uh, Atalanta was his final loan spell, but also Spartak Moscow, AC Milan, and Monaco, as well as Elche at the beginning, Elche in Spain. Uh, he came from the Croatian club Hajduk Split, uh, which was his first club, as well as his youth club uh, there. And his first tournament, uh, despite being um, getting his first cap in 2014, his first tournament was uh, the Euro 2020. So uh, actually made the 
preliminary squad for the 2014 World Cup uh, all the way back then um, and for the 2018 World Cup, but in both cases didn't make the cut down to 24. So I don't know if I mentioned he was born in Germany, but the German-born Croatian um, was a substitute in the 2020 Euro Cup. So, uh, yeah, despite his 42 caps, has never really inserted himself uh, into the team, uh, but seems to be doing so recently uh, with all of those stars. So Mario Pasalic, a definite candidate. Uh, and Mislav Orsic, again, coded as a left with winger, but uh, played left attacking midfielder twice and right attacking midfielder once. That makes up his three starts in uh, 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, besides that, he was subbed in for six and on the bench for two. And the only two he missed was, uh, was uh, games he was injured for. So always called up there, Mislav Orsic. And he has been with Croatia since 2019 and has 20 caps and one goal. He's 30 years old. Uh, currently playing for Dynamo Zagreb uh, in Croatia, as so many do. Uh, but prior to that, actually played in the Far East with Ulsan Hyundai in South Korea and Chang Chun Yatai and Junan Dragons um, uh, Junan Dragons in South Korea also. Sorry, uh, Chang Chun Yatai is in China. Uh, and prior to that was with uh, clubs either in uh, Croatia or Slovenia. Oh, he also played for a club in Italy. Anyway, uh, Mislav Orsic um, had his first tournament in the Euro 2020. He appeared only in game four there as a substitute and, and played very well in that short time, uh, I might add. A great cross and very influ if influential in extra time of game four. Um, and uh, yeah, since has um, appeared as a starter for the squad uh, in the period we're talking about. So again, uh, definite to make the squad, but that doesn't necessarily uh, mean he'll be a starter. So let's talk about the position of attacking midfield in, in general as a summary. And again, the position is only used when they use that 4-2-3-1 formation. Otherwise, in the 4-3-3, we we uh, consider a central midfielder uh, in the middle. And it was actually Kramerich the one time they used it in the cup. So the forward Kramerich we will meet soon. And uh, Vlasic and pa uh, Pasalic uh, once each in World Cup qualifying. Actually, uh, Jakic uh, was uh, there in a friendly game, but Palasic was there twice. Both times they used the formation in June for the Nations League games. So uh, it seems the the uh, kind of starting central attacking midfielder, uh, if they use one, otherwise will play in other positions. Okay, let's move on to uh, left attacking midfielders and left forwards, kind of a new category uh, that we've created for Croatia here. And in this uh, position, we have Ivan Perisic. He's coded as a left midfielder, but uh, we saw him playing left winger twice and uh, uh, left attacking midfielder or left forward quite often. Ivan Perisic then a definite candidate. Uh, we also have Joseph Bracalo. Um, he is also coded as a left winger. We noted there, but we've moved him to here. And let's take a look at these players. So Ivan Perisic is a veteran. 
Uh, he's been with the team since 2011. Yikes, I'm supposed to do his recent participation first, so I'll go back and start with that. Uh, he started eight of their 13 games since the Euro 2021 Cup, and he was subbed in for two. But he was injured for the last four matches. Uh, we don't need to deal with that in injuries, though, because by August of this year, he was back in action. So it doesn't threaten his World Cup appearance. Uh, Ivan Perisic then, as I started to say, was uh, got his first cap in 2011 and has an impressive 115 caps with 32 goals. And he's 32 years old. Uh, he's recently moved to Tottenham in England, but was with Inter Milan in Italy for quite a while, from 2015 to 22. He even got a loan spell with Bayern Munich in the middle of that, and uh, was with other clubs in Germany before 2015, Wolfsburg and Dortmund, uh, Borussia Dortmund there. So a well-traveled player, also has played in France and Belgium, and uh, Hajduk Split is actually his youth club. Uh, that he came out of. So Ivan Perisic, uh, his first tournament was the 2012 Euro Cup, uh, where he was a starter and then a starter in all cups, including the 2014 and 2018 uh, World Cups. Uh, he had an excellent tournament there in 2018. Uh, especially in their game against England. And he was a starter also in the 2020 uh, Euro Cup where he scored two of their seven goals uh, there. And um, uh, so a big, a big player for um, Croatia, but uh, kind of getting uh, up there in age, 33 years old. And nevertheless, uh, we fully expect to see him at the Cup here. Um, Joseph Brekalo. Uh, is a sorry I uh, should say where they're at so a likely candidate and Perisic a definite candidate and uh, Joseph Bracallo started three and in fact three of the last four of their 13 games uh, since the Euro Cup and he was subbed in for three and on the bench for one uh, he was also out for a few games, one, one with coronavirus and two for injury, and um, not selected, actually, for the first three matches after the Euro Cup. Uh, Joseph Bracalo has been with Croatia since 2018 and has 33 caps and four goals, and he is uh, 24 years old. So he's currently with Wolfsburg in Germany since 2016, but recently was loaned to Torino, uh, he's uh, finished that loan spell time and uh, was uh, loaned to Stuttgart too, actually, at the beginning of his time with Wolfsburg. Another player coming out of uh, Dinamo's at Grab, uh, where he spent his uh, youth club uh, years. Uh, so his first tournament was the 2020 Euro Cup. Uh, there he started game two, uh, but otherwise was a substitute coming into a couple of games. And... Um, he scored one of their goals in, in qualifying for this cup. So Joseph Bracallo, uh, a likely candidate. And we'll go over the position of left attacking midfield and left forward. So in the cup, it was Perisic twice and Bracallo once and also Antti Rebic uh, once, uh, the forward who we'll talk about soon, uh, all lining up as kind of a left attacker. In World Cup qualifying, it was uh, Perisic uh, all the way, basically. And um, 
he also played it in friendlies. Uh, Orsic came in once. Uh, we put Orsic as an attacking midfielder. Uh, Brekalo, though, uh, kind of took over in the Nations League games, but that was because Ivan Perisic was injured. So Brekalo played it three times and Orsic once. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I imagine Perisic will resume the position now that he's back to health. Okay, uh, next is right attacking midfielders. And um, here we have two likely candidates. And they are uh, Luka Ivanusec, uh, uh, who we saw uh, playing on the right wing one time. And we also have uh, Lovro Majer. Um, uh, sorry, I just got to copy these names into the graphic there. Okay, and both of them are likely candidates. Oops, it looks like I've made a mistake because there was a definite candidate that I missed. And Nikola Vlasic, uh, a definite candidate. So we have three players, and we'll begin by talking about Nikola Vlasic. He started six of their 13 games uh, since the 2021 Euro Cup, and for the other seven, he was subbed in every time, so uh, always on the field for them. And Nikola Vlasic has been with Croatia since 2017, has 41 caps and seven goals, and is 25 years old. Uh, currently playing with, uh, uh, well, West Ham in England, but he's actually out on loan uh, to Torino since 2022. Uh, prior to West Ham, he was with uh, Seska Moscow in Russia from 2019, and he was in Everton uh, with Everton. Uh, from England before that. He came out of Hadjuk Split in Croatia, his youth club and first club there. And despite his uh, first cap in 2017, he wasn't uh, considered for the 2018 World Cup, but was uh, on the bench for the 2020 Euro Cup, at least for games one and two, but gained a starting position after that, uh, Niko Vlasic. Okay, uh, next is the likely candidate, Luka Ivanusec. Uh, he started three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for three and on the bench for four. Uh, he was injured for two, so only one game that he wasn't called up for. And he has been with Croatia since 2017, but only 11 caps and one goal in that time. Yet he is still young at uh, 24 years old, so... Uh, quite a bit of time left for him. He's with Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia and uh, seems to be one of the only players who has only played in Croatia. Uh, he played for uh, NK Lokomotiva as well. And um, again, uh, just like Vlasic, despite his first cap in 2017, was not selected for the World Cup in 2018 and was a substitute in the 2020 Euro Cup there. Uh, finally, we have Lovro Major. So he returned actually after a more than four-year absence in February, sorry, in uh, September 2021 and started four of their remaining 13 games and was subbed in for three and on the bench for four. However, he was not selected for two matches there. So uh, likely candidate, seems to be called up regularly. And like the other two, his first cap was in uh, 2017 
and he has now 11 caps and three goals and is 24 years old. So a very similar um, bio as far as the national team goes for all of these three players, including the fact that he wasn't selected for the 2018 World Cup. However, unlike the other two, Lovro Maggio is also not selected for the uh, 2020 uh, Euro Cup, not even a consideration actually, because he was off the squad um, uh, for four years during that period, but came back in September 2021 and scored two of their goals, um, both against Malta, uh, in the qualifying. So those three players, uh, we expect to see all of them at the Cup. And to summarize the position of right attacking midfielder slash right forward, uh, we have uh, the forward Kramerich uh, playing the role in the Cup and then Vlasic twice. Uh, twice in the cup and uh, in World Cup qualifying uh, games. Uh, Ivan Usic joined that rotation during World Cup qualifying and Madger also played the position once. In the Nations League, though, uh, it's been Madger and Ivan Usic uh, playing the role. Okay, and we move on to our last category, which is forwards. And uh, introducing the candidates, we're actually going to start with a player uh, uh, who's off the squad, retired, but has left a gap. Um, so we don't cover all retired players, but just those who seem to have left a gap. Mario Man Mandzukic um, as their forward. Um, and I'll just I'll just dispense with him now uh, without going into too much detail. He's actually retired from soccer. His last team was uh, AC Milan uh, in 2021. And he was their uh, starting forward in the Euro 2016 World Cup uh, 2018. Uh, but ever since that time, they've been kind of trying to uh, 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 find a starting forward to replace him. So uh, the candidates we'll talk about next uh, seem to be the options they have. And the first one is definite candidate Andre Kramerich. But we have seen already that he doesn't always start as the centre forward. Ante Budimir is a likely candidate. And then uh, Marco Levaja as a possible candidate, along with Bruno Petkovic. And uh, as possible but unlikely, we have Peter Musa, or Pitar Musa, and um, seemingly off the squad, Antonio Kolac. Uh, sorry, Kolak and Antti Rebic. Um, they're seemingly off the squad. And we talked about Mario Mandzukic, who is now retired. But I, I'll... Um, I'll just say Mario Manducic uh, retired, announced his retirement uh, fairly quickly after the uh, World Cup in August 2018 there. So Andre Kramaric, probably the main candidate to replace him. And he started nine of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for four others. And uh, he has been with the team since 2014 and has 73 caps and 19 goals and he's 31 years old. So he has been with Hoffenheim in Germany since 2016 and was with uh, Leicester in 2015 and 16 um, on loan to Hoffenheim uh, at the end of that period.
period uh, and prior to that played for clubs in Croatia including Rijeka and you guessed Dynamo Zagreb um, that was his youth club from six years of age I might add uh, Andre Kramaric uh, was part of the um, squad in 2016 but just subbed in uh, to a few games there um, in the 2018 World Cup, he appeared in all seven games, kind of a rotating starter there, starting games one, three, and five, um, and subbing into the other games uh, in, that, in that 2018 World Cup. Um, he was a starter also for the 2020 Euro Cup and um, uh, scored two of their goals in qualifying uh, in the lead up to this cup. So um, we'll see when we review the position that um, he, he doesn't seem a fully satisfactory starter. Again, just two goals uh, of their 21 in qualifying there. So they seem to be still searching for the right person. Uh, Antti Budimir is a likely candidate. He returned after a nine-month absence, so he missed the... Um, uh, a period after the Euro Cup, uh, returned in March 2022 and started four of their remaining six games, uh, subbing in for the others. So uh, Antti Budimir has been with Croatia since 2020 uh, and has 15 caps and one goal. He's not new, though. He's new to Croatia, but not young. He's 31 years old, currently plays for Osasuna in Spain and uh, was with Mallorca before them and uh, various clubs in, in Italy and Germany and Croatia uh, as well. So in the 2020 uh, Euro Cup, he appeared only in game four when he was subbed in uh, at 79 minutes. Uh, but he did assist a goal in that tournament. Uh, so Antti Budimir uh, has been playing uh, recent games, so we consider him a likely candidate, uh, especially kind of given the lack of candidates uh, in this position. Marco uh, Livaja uh, returned after an almost three-year absence in September 2021, and he started two of their remaining nine games, uh, but he wasn't selected for any of the last four matches. So uh, he got his first cap in 2018 and then was basically off the squad. In all, he has 14 caps and three goals and is 28 years old. And he plays for Hajduk Split in uh, Croatia and did play for AEK Athens prior to that. But no tournaments under his belt. Uh, he also scored two of their goals in qualifying and Bruno Pekovic uh, started none of their games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was subbed in for two and not selected for 11 others, including the last six matches. So I don't know why I have him as a possible candidate because really um, uh, he is possible but unlikely having missed those matches. So I'm just going to move him down there. Uh, Bruno Pekovic has been with Croatia since 2019 uh, and has 22 caps and six goals. He's 28 years old and plays for Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia since 2019, but um, was uh, playing outside the country, uh, mostly in Italy, uh, actually just solely in Italy, uh, with Bologna and uh, Hellas Verona and a few other teams. 
uh, there. So he was um, selected for the 2020 Euro Cup and he started game three there, um, but otherwise was a substitute. So um, we consider him a substitute for that tournament. And uh, he did score four of their 17 goals in qualifying for the uh, Euro Cup there in 2020 so he was the top scorer for Croatia but he certainly dropped off since then and um, looks like an unlikely uh, unlikely candidate to even reach the cup here uh, Pitar Musa also unlikely um, actually one of my sources had him on the bench for a game in June 2022 but another source didn't report it so I'm not sure if he's uh, really there he doesn't have any caps for Croatia he's 24 years old uh, in his favor is his club affiliation he plays for Benfica uh, in Portugal since 2022 prior to that he was with Slavia Prague in, in uh, the Czech Republic so um, It'll be interesting to see if he pops up in the uh, games in September and prior to the World Cup. And uh, we also have Antonio Kolak um, as one of the players who seems to be off the squad now. He started one of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and he was subbed in for one and on the bench for one. Uh, but those were early, uh, kind of immediately after the Cup, and he wasn't selected for the last 10 matches. So uh, he's 28 years old and plays for Rangers in Scotland and has never been involved in the tournament. So we'll maybe get more details on him if he uh, shows up in the upcoming games. Uh, finally, we have Antti Rebic. He last appeared for the team in the 2021 Euro Cup. So actually a bit of a loss there. Uh, in the forward line too. Uh, Antti Rebic have been with Croatia since 2013 and he has 42 caps and three goals in that time. So not a fierce scorer there uh, with an under 10% ratio. Uh, he is uh, 29 years old and plays for AC Milan in Italy. Prior to that, he was with uh, Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany and Fiorentina uh, in Italy. So he has a, a fairly good uh, club record there also played for Leipzig actually on loan uh, with Leipzig in Germany too and he's kind of been around for uh, quite a while he was a substitute in the uh, 2014 World Cup uh, he got a red card in game three there for a dangerous tackle and uh, he wasn't part of the squad for the 2016 Euro Cup however for the 2018 World Cup he was a starter and uh, finished all seven games except for the B team game there, started and finished all seven. No, uh, started all seven games, uh, but didn't, um, was usually subbed out of them actually. And he scored a goal uh, in that cup. And in the 2020 uh, Euro Cup, he started all four games except for game three uh, there. And um, didn't score any goals and actually had a fairly tour, poor tournament there uh, missing the opportunities that came his way so anti rebic uh, has not seen um even the bench since uh, that 2021 euro cup um 
but I still think has an outside chance of coming in again because they have a bit of a lack of forwards. So we'll just summarize the position here. So after Mario Mandzukic left, there's been a bit of a hole, and it was Rebic twice in the in the Euro Cup and Petkovic twice. So uh, not Kramaric. Um, uh, who was lining up, I think, as a left attacking midfielder there. And uh, early in World Cup qualifying, they seemed to be searching for a player. So Kolach and Sedko uh, each got a tryout, but they eventually settled on Kramaric uh, kind of halfway through qualifying. And since, there, uh, since then, it's been Kramaric with Budimir uh, increasingly coming in at the end and ultimately alternating in the position in the Nations League games. So that is the uh, situation as uh, forward. And we're finished with the player-by-player -player, uh, run-through and we'll move on to a discussion of the squad. And I suppose I should explain the weird shirt that I'm wearing. I was just looking for the closest thing that I could find to the white and red checkers of Croatia. So sorry for uh, Croatian fans if this is a, uh, a bit of a distant approximation of it. But the problem could always be solved by some beloved Croatian fans sending a shirt my way because I have a bit of poverty of international shirts. I'm working on it. Uh, and hopefully in future podcasts, I'll be a bit more accurate in uh, wearing the shirt of the, the the nation that I'm covering. Anyway, uh, let's go back to some of the notes we had. So we introduced a few at the beginning. Uh, some of them were team notes and some of them were more squad notes. So I'll dispense with the team notes uh, quickly here. Uh, we talked about was 2018 uh, just good fortune. And I won't repeat all that. But uh, one thing we did note that it was uh, kind of consistent with Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia's intermittent success. So Croatia more than uh, Serbia um, kind of repeating their, their record of, of sometimes rising up uh, to the uh, semifinals uh, and then sometimes not making the cup or just uh, reaching the group stage. Uh, but one of the main questions we had with uh, Croatia was, um, and, uh, is it an aging squad? And um, uh, having gone through the player-by-player -player, uh, section of the podcast, we, we can talk about it more uh, in more concrete terms. So uh, certainly their biggest names and the ones that stood out in the 2018 World Cup are aging. Uh, some of them having retired already, we'll review those players leaving the squad soon. However, that could be said of most nations, that their, their biggest names are their uh, older players. And uh, we saw in the player-by-player player also that they have, they have brought in a lot of youth. Uh, so the question really becomes whether that youth, uh, those younger players, will reach the height of the veterans' um, of the veterans, especially in the 2018 uh, World Cup. Uh, and in a sense, that leads us to the uh, the last question that came out of previous podcasts is, in this World Cup, is uh, Croatia kind of battling with Belgium for first place or perhaps comfortably finishing second above Morocco and Canada? Or will they find themselves embroiled in a battle with Morocco and or Canada? Um, 
and uh, you know have to have to fight uh, for second place and perhaps uh, not even um, make second place. So uh, most kind of superficial viewers are looking at Belgium and Croatia as the clear winners of the cup, with Morocco and Canada just happy to be there. But in our in our podcast, we we thought it would be um, not so easy and that Morocco and Canada could provide a challenge. We'll see. Let's talk about uh, Croatia's club affiliations. And um, some of the players uh, were with bigger clubs and, and have kind of, um, uh, uh, because of their aging, kind of moved either back to Croatia or down to smaller clubs. But we still have uh, players with some pretty big clubs. So goalkeeper Ivo Gerbic is with Atletico Madrid. And these are younger players, uh, Joseph Stanisic with Bayern Munich. Um, uh, those are kind of the, the elite clubs. Uh, Kovacic is with Chelsea and Modric still with uh, Real Madrid and Brozovic with uh, Inter Milan. Um, Tottenham Hopster, uh, Ivan Perisic has just moved there and moving from even bigger clubs still. Um, and then we have a, a number of players at kind of uh, secondary but good clubs like Wolfsburg, uh, Wolfsburg, um, Southampton in England, uh, Celtic, AEK Athens, Stuttgart, uh, kind of at that level. So I would say uh, about a third of their players are playing in um, in Croatia and Dinamo Zagreb, uh, kind of the team that seemed to pop up again and again. And they have uh, uh, four players with Dinamo Zagreb, actually five. And then a couple of others like Hajduk Split and Vrijeka, um, uh among the bigger clubs in uh, in Croatia, Osijek as well. So um, pretty good club affiliation there. And let's move on to the next part, which is a, a bit of a... Uh, number crunch on on the team here so all the way through these podcasts i've been saying players called up since 2020 but it's actually uh i'm considering uh players called up since 2021 and how many players do they kind of have on the slate uh as options before them uh now of course some of those players have drifted off the team for quite a while but uh it's a good measure it kind of compares you know how many how many options they have available to them well as far as croatia goes uh it is 43 players and that is uh, quite a bit lower than most teams um the average is 49.6 so 49 or 50 players that uh, have played for them over the past two years roughly and um croatia have kept it fairly small uh, it doesn't necessarily mean anything um, in some cases, it might mean a lack of, of players that they have options for. I would say that's only true for Croatia in the forward position, a bit of a lack of options, but uh, otherwise not really a problem. Uh, we have the next one, total players under more serious consideration. So these would be the players we've listed as definite, likely or possible in the player-by-player -player podcast. And Croatia has 32. Actually, I'm finding most teams are pretty similar as far as this goes. And uh, uh, the average is 33, so not much to uh, 
delve into there. And uh, this other stat, which I'll try to improve in future contracts, uh, uh, future um, podcasts or future media cast, uh, how many definite and likely are there? So for Croatia, there's 23. Uh, the average is 21. So uh, they seem a bit more stable in the squad than uh, some squads kind of having decided on most of the players they would bring to the cup. And if we just uh, uh, think in terms of, uh, let's say they fill 23 positions, maybe one or two less if injuries play a role or if players are not called up uh, in September, but we'll say roughly uh, 23. And they have 32 players to fill those uh, three spots because they bring 26 to the cup. So uh, we'll see a couple of those uh, possible players making the cup. And there's always room for players who suddenly come into good form or what have you. So uh, things looking um, uh, pretty much on path. So no big headaches to deal with for Croatia. And we're going to see they don't have a lot of injury problems either. Now, something we've made a lot of in the podcasts uh, for the team is the average age of the team. So um, I've always found 25 to 27 is the average age, but I am finding uh, teams in this World Cup a bit older. Uh, and here I'm looking at the definite, likely impossible players. 26.8 uh, is the average and uh, 27 is what uh, Croatia's average age is. So it's actually just slightly above average, but uh, let's break it down a bit. Uh, we see that their veterans, you know, th those uh, players who came out of the 2018 World Cup are uh, in their thirties now. Uh, but in fact, there's only six of them. Uh, Luka Modric is by far the oldest at 37. And then we have uh, three players at 33, but they are big players, uh, Lovren, Vida and Perisic. And then two players at 31, Kramaric and Budimir. Um, so actually, you know, maybe not as old as we've been uh, making out uh, on the whole. Uh, it's just that the, the veteran players, and we're going to see some who have retired, uh, uh, did age out. On the other hand, they have... Um, uh, brought quite a bit of youth into the team. So just one 20-year-old, but players between 22 and 24, they have uh, nine. Uh, so basically we'll say 10 players who are under 24. So um, we did say in the podcast that they were doing a fairly good job rejuvenating and this, uh, this kind of shows it. Again, the question is whether those newcomers are of the same quality as the outgoing players, but only time will tell. Uh, as far as average caps goes, uh, it's 34.4. So again, some of those senior players have a tremendous amount of caps. Uh, but, and so on the whole, they have uh, five more than the average, which is 29.5. So uh, a fairly experienced team. And because they're small uh, uh, in terms of the, the total number of players who have been starting, they probably play together uh, quite well, uh, familiar with each other, because they don't have a lot of players coming and going. Uh, total goals is 130, which is kind of a meaningless statistic unless we put it in context. But those are the total goals of the uh, definite likely impossible players. Overall, it's 130, 
um, which which uh, is actually lower than other teams. So we need to put it into context. And I've developed a new statistic, um, average goals per cap. And for uh, Croatia, that's 12.6%. Uh, the average is 13.7%. So among the teams I've uh, done this for, which is, uh, let me just see how many teams I've run this statistic for, uh, 22 teams uh, so far. Um, they are one of the lowest, actually. Uh, we've talked about Australia struggling for goals. Australia is 12.5%. And uh, basically any team around that percentage, we've mentioned kind of goals uh, as a problem. And um, um, yeah, so goals are a problem and that kind of fits with what we saw uh, with them looking for a kind of a center forward. Uh, Kramer, it seems the main candidate, but he only has uh, two goals in qualifying. But perhaps I've been a bit hasty there with Krameritsch because overall he has 19 goals in 73 games, which is a fairly respectable uh, 26%. Uh, and the only player higher than him is actually Ivan Perisic with uh, 28%, 32 goals in 115 games there. And sorry, I missed, um, uh, surprisingly, Lovro Madger, um, the midfielder who has, uh, well, three goals in 10 games, 30%. It is a higher percentage, but maybe not enough games to really make any big claims, uh, any big claims there. So we'll uh, kind of focus on um, players who have played, say, 15 or more games uh, for this statistic. Luka Modric is at 15%, uh, Nikola Vlasic, 17 and Pas uh, Pasalic. Pasalic, Mario Pasalic, uh, also around 15%. So um, one thing I can say is that they do kind of have scorers all over the field. Um, however, um, even 26% uh, for, for um, um, Krameric as, as the player that they're considering as a center forward is a little bit low. Uh, especially in context of their overall struggles to uh, to find a centre forward, so scoring a bit of a problem for uh, Croatia uh, here, and we'll see how that plays out in the cup. Let's look at some of the uh, issues then. So in defence, we have uh, Livakovic, uh, Ibusevic, uh, sorry, Ibusic, or is it a rotation of the players there? Uh, of the goalkeepers. So uh, recently, in, in recent games, it's been a rotation of Livakovic and Ivusic. Um, but uh, if we have to pick one, well, I'll let you know that when we do our starters. Um, uh, maybe one of the bigger issues on the squad is it are they going with the old or the new central defence? So we saw that uh, Kaletakar, Lovren and Vida um, were the kind of the uh, rotation of starters in the first half of the period we're talking about, uh, including the Euro Cup. And then uh, Gavardiol came into the picture kind of halfway through World Cup qualifying. However, they underwent a really huge change in the Friendlies and Nations League games uh, towards the end of 2020 or um, towards the end of the period in March and June 2022, and uh, uh, ended up trying out all sorts of names, but emerging with uh, Ehrlich and Sutalo 
as the main pairing at the end of uh, Nations League. So uh, it'll be, uh, the question is, who will it be in the cup? Basically the veterans, Coletta Carr is not so uh, as old as Lovren and Bida, or will it be these new uh, players coming in, Ehrlich and Sutalo? I'm anxious to kind of see what they do in uh, friendlies in September. All right, for left defense again, is it Sosa? Is it Barisic or is it neither for left defense? Because in the last two games, we saw right defender Juranovic coming over into the position. So it makes me wonder whether the manager's not satisfied with Sosa or Barisic uh, in the position. On uh, As a right back, um, well, I said, will it be Versa, uh, Versalico or Stan, uh, Stanisic? Um, they both returned to the right-back position when Juranovic moved over. So it was steadily Juranovic until the last two games. And then these two players stepped in. Well, we know it won't be uh, uh, Versalico because... Um, sorry, I'm not really sure how to pronounce that name. Because uh, even though he started the last game in June, uh, he announced his retirement in August. So... Uh, it wouldn't be him. It might be Stanisic playing on the right and Juvenovic moving over to the left. Juranovic, I should say. Um, again, the friendlies in September may shed some light on that. In the midfield, there's not much to talk about. Um, steady selection of starters uh, there. Um, real veterans in the midfield, Modric and Brozovic and, uh, and, and um, Kalinic. Uh, Okay, um, I just have the feeling I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, anyway, um, on the attack, we basically have um, um, a problem scoring goals or a bit of a problem scoring goals. Uh, not enough goals, really, uh, for Croatia. So uh, as a left attacker, is it going to be Perisic or Brekalo? Uh, well, basically, Bracalo did play in the position a few times along with a couple of other players, uh, but really uh, three out of four times in June was replacing Perisic, who was injured. So I'm, I'm uh, tempted to uh, um, say that Perisic uh, will come back into the position. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, Ivan Usic or Madger? Uh, or a rotation as right attacker. These two have been kind of rotating in the position. Will they nail it down to one? Or it seems like rotation of players is becoming more popular, so it might be both of them. And the uh, situation is similar up front with uh, Kramerich or Budimir. Uh, it could be both of them playing as centre-forward because they sometimes do go with two uh, centre-forwards. Um Kramer, it seems to have the edge here. Uh, again, it could be uh, a rotation, um, you know, but again, they don't fully seem uh, satisfied with Kramerich uh, as the centre forward because in the in the Euro Cup and in the first few games, they were trying out uh, other players, um, you know, and uh, the sheer number of centre forwards is a bit lower than uh, most teams bring to the cup. Anyway, those are some of the issues. Let's move on to uh, new players. So um, actually more than most teams, um, um, Croatia's new players are making inroads into the squad. So we have uh, four of them at the likely level and then uh, 
six of them at the possible level. So we went over these players in the player by player. So we'll really just mention them uh, by name here. So goalkeeper uh, Ivica Ivusevic, uh, sorry, Ivusic is uh, not young, actually, he's 27 years old, but he joined uh, Croatia in 2021. So we can consider him a new player and we consider him a likely candidate, uh, probably the third string keeper there. Josip uh, Stanisic, uh, also likely, uh, he's 22 years old and is with Bayern Munich in Germany. Um, so a kind of an exciting candidate as the uh, right back there. Um, and and um, yeah, if the regular right back moves over to the left, that would uh, open the door for him a little bit. Uh, Christian Jakic uh, hasn't started actually that many games. Um, but is 25 years old again uh, not that young but new to the squad in 2021 and plays for Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany and uh, he's listed as a defensive midfielder but he's also played uh, as an attacking midfielder too. Uh, Lovro uh, Major, um, he's 24 years old and uh, is playing uh, I believe uh, on the right side there. Uh, he actually returned after an absence too of four years. So he got his first cap in 2017, but really wasn't part of the squad until this uh, recent period, uh, Lovro Major. And now we have players who are at the uh, kind of possible level. So uh, I would imagine maybe half of these will make it. Um, Ivo Gerbic, um is a goalkeeper and he's playing for Atletico Madrid in Spain. He again is not young, 26 years old, but uh, first cap with Croatia was in 2021. Uh, uh, Nadilko Labrovic, uh, also a goalkeeper and um, just came into the squad. He is young at 23 years old doesn't have any caps for the squad. So maybe someone will see in the future because I think Gerbic would be ahead of him. Um, Martin Ehrlich, and I'll do him together with Joseph Sutalo. So both central defenders who we saw starting the last uh, two games as a pairing um, in June, uh, which makes us wonder what's going on uh, in central defense there. And... Um, uh, Ehrlich is 24 years old and Sutalo 22 years old um, and we'll see in the September games whether they show up again as the central defenders. Marin uh, Pongrasic, I think he played in friendlies uh, rather than in Nations League like the others too, but he has started three games uh, for them and he's 25 years old uh, since 2020 with the team and finally uh, you see the only defenders uh, uh, in this section uh, Borna Sosa uh, he's 24 years old and plays for Stuttgart uh, in Germany and he came in towards the end uh, there but he kind of um, uh, no, he didn't. He came in after the Euro Cup and started and actually at the end wasn't selected for the last three matches. So uh, possibly a bit less likely than the others you see on the list here. And then, yeah, for midfielders and forwards, we didn't really have any new candidates. So we're going to move on to injuries. And um, so far, so good for Croatia. The only player who seems to be injured right now is uh, Luka Susic. And he's a possible but unlikely candidate. 
Uh, he was out with a groin strain in early September. Uh, that seems to be something he would he would get over in time for the cup. Uh, so I don't think it's a big concern and uh, uh, no insult to him, but it wouldn't be a big loss for Croatia since he hasn't been playing that much for him. Uh, on the other hand, muscle problems uh, in the groin region can be tricky. So um, even though he has actually played uh, uh, played in early September, um, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know, groin strain, uh, maybe kind of an ongoing thing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, the notable absences. And this is where we see uh, players who have left the team, uh, especially since the 2018 World Cup for Croatia. But there are a couple who have left more recently. So uh, Lovri, Lovri Kalinic, basically a backup keeper uh, for them. But uh, his, his going along with Subasic, um, um means that the you know the the goalkeepers that they have are um kind of uh less experienced um especially the backup keepers that they have right now so uh lovely kalinic actually just 32 years old so an outside chance of coming back into the picture but he hasn't paid, played since the 2021 euro cup uh Sime versa uh, i always have trouble with this name Versalico, I'll say. Um, a veteran on the team and actually played in June of 2022. And uh, so one would have thought he was a candidate, but he actually announced his retirement in August. Um, but um, he was kind of fading out and being replaced by um, uh, the right defender there now, whose name is currently eluding me. Uh, you know, so uh, not a huge loss because he was kind of being replaced. Um, Anti Rebic, uh, a forward, never really made it onto the squad, so not a huge loss for them. But uh, they do lack forwards, and he was a starter uh, in the World Cup and in the Euro Cup, uh, but he hasn't played since the Euro Cup, so one less forward available to them. The rest of the uh, players I'm going to mention actually retired in 2018 um, but there are people who just follow the these uh, uh, national teams from World Cup to World Cup so maybe surprised to see them gone also this is the some some of the key players who helped them reach the final of the World Cup so um, big names that are not available to them uh, anymore so Daniel Subasic the uh, goalkeeper who was a starter uh, in the World Cup. He announced his retirement after the World Cup. Uh, Vedran Chorluka, uh, the central defender, also announced his retirement after the World Cup, but it was actually kind of drifting off the team. Uh, he was more important in the 2014 World Cup, but for the 2018 World Cup, he was only a substitute, but nevertheless, a big name. Uh, for them. Ivan Strinic, uh, a, a defender who uh, was a starter in the 2018 World Cup. He retired um, after the World Cup because he was diagnosed with a heart condition, but uh, he's still, uh, yeah, and he um, um, uh, also retired from soccer. Um, 
that's yeah, uh, AC Milan uh, let him go because of that heart condition. Uh, Ivan Rakitic, um, I think he continued playing uh, a little while after the World Cup, but the World Cup was his last competition, and uh, he kind of unexpectedly announced his retirement in September 2019, so a year after the World Cup, but not available to them now, and he was also a starter in the uh, 2018 uh, World Cup. And finally, we talked about him in the player-by-player, Mario Mandzukic. And uh, a big kind of loss for them because they seem to be struggling to replace the forward. So he was there starting forward in the 2018 uh, World Cup there. So a lot of uh, a lot of veterans uh, missing there. And just a, a note on uh, Nikolo Kalinic. Uh, he was selected for the World Cup 2018. And he came to the cup and was on the bench and apparently not happy about that because he refused to come in as a substitute. Um, and he was sent home, but he was never uh, a really big player for the club, actually, um, uh, uh, on, on the bench, really, for all of the tournaments he appeared in uh, since 2008. And sometimes he wasn't uh, even selected for tournaments. So... I'm not sure why he was uh, expecting to be a starter, but there we have it. Um, uh, okay, so let us go back and um, go over the squad again, and we'll try to nominate starters. But as I said, um, more and more we're kind of seeing uh, teams going with rather a rotation of starters. So I've decided to use yellow uh, to denote when it's uh, two players kind of rotating or when there's a kind of a strong possibility of them starting some but not all games i'll just get rid of this highlight here so it's not to confuse so let's start with goalkeepers and uh, no let's start with the manager so as uh, latko dalic uh, well with his success for the 2018 uh, world cup um um he's been very successful as a manager so i don't see them letting him go at this late date uh, Dominic Levakovic, I would say I would nominate him as the starting goalkeeper, although it might be a rotation with uh, Ivica Ibusic, which they have been doing uh, in recent games. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ibusic starting a few games. The two possible candidates are Ivo Gerbic and uh, uh, Nedaliko Labrovic, and so they'll probably be buying for the uh, third string keeper position there among central defenders we have had a rotation uh in in the early part uh, early to middle part of the cup um it was uh Dujay Kaletakar, Dejan Lovren and Domagoj Vida rotating and then Josko Gvardiol came into that rotation a bit later on but it all got blown up in, in the friendlies and Nations League games with virtually none of those players uh, showing up, just Carletta Carr, and rather uh, a bunch of new players emerging as uh, Martin Ehrlich and, uh, and Joseph Sutalo. So I really don't know what to do here. I don't know if these veterans are um, kind of off the squad. I don't think they are or whether these new ones are going to replace them. So I got to say, I'm just leaving this as a confused blank. 
Uh, left back, though, um, well, left back is also confusing because it looked like it would be uh, Borna Sosa or Borna Baric, uh, Barisic. I think actually Barisic will uh, make it to the cup. Um, uh, but again, that kind of got blown up in the last two games when right back uh, Joseph Juranovic moved over and played the last two games. So I don't know whether that means they weren't satisfied with the left midfielder. So I, I got to leave that one blank too. But I can say that right back Joseph Juranovic will be a starter, whether it's on the left or on the right. And um, uh, we also have Joseph Stanisic as a likely uh, on the right back, whereas Sosha and Barisic are, are just portable candidates. So I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Joseph Juranovic moving over to the left and Joseph Stanisic uh, playing on the right. But I'm going to leave it blank right now because I really uh, can't hazard a guess. It's a bit easier in the midfield, though. Uh, defensive midfielder Christian Jakic, I see him more as a substitute. He's a likely candidate, but... Uh, uh, a substitute. But I think the central midfielder, Marcelo Brozovic, uh, will be a definite, uh, uh, definitely make the squad, but will be a starter. And I see um, Matteo Kovacic, that was the name I was scrambling for uh, earlier on. Matteo Kovacic and Luka Modric, I see them both uh, uh, starting. And um, uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, so the, that uh, central midfield of Brozovic, uh, Kovacic and Modric, uh, I don't see any challenges to their starting. Again, they may uh, bring in a player for one game or two to give them rest or what have you. Um, Mario Pasalic uh, is an attacking midfielder. He's kind of been used um, all over the place, so uh, I'm not confident enough to say uh, he'll be a starter, though. Um, I just want to kind of go back and look at how many games he's started, actually, since uh, um, this period. He has started 10 of their 13 games, uh, kind of moves around the field a little bit, which is why I guess I'm having a bit of trouble pinning him down. So I think he will be a starter. Um, yes, I'm going to be bold and say so. Uh, a left attacking midfielder. Well, Perisic was injured at the end there in June, so Brekalo took over. Um, I think they'll both reach the cup. We have Perisic as definite and Brekalo as likely. I think they'll both reach the cup, and I wouldn't even be surprised to see Brekalo uh, starting a few games, but I think Perisic uh, will be the starting left attacking midfielder. But uh, he is getting old and not necessarily playing 90-minute games. So I think there will be room for Brekalo, perhaps even starting as the left attacking midfielder. On the right, though, uh, it seems to be uh, more of a rotation. So I think uh, Vlasic, um, I think Vlasic will be a starter, but not necessarily uh, on the right. Uh, Vlasic started, well, he only started six of their games, so... Um, I think he'll definitely be there. But actually, I'm going to pick Ivan Usec and um, uh, Madger as kind of alternating starters uh, in the Cup. I think they'll both get a couple of starts. And I think Vlasic will, too, get a few starts, but I'm not confident enough that he'll be uh, named as a starter. So I'm, I'm kind of hedging my, <laughs> my bets a little bit here. Uh, again, Kramaric... Uh, 
seems to be the starting forward, but I don't really feel like they have great confidence in him. Nevertheless, even if he doesn't start as centre forward, I think they, they will start him uh, perhaps as an attacking midfielder. So I'm going to say he's a definite starter. Anti Budimir, uh, despite having rotated a bit with Kramerich as a centre forward, strikes me more as a as a substitute. So I'm not uh, confident enough even to mark him uh, in yellow. And uh, yeah, you see a bit of a lack of forwards there. So uh, I wonder even if in the cup, whether they'll be experimenting with some of the attacking midfielders they have playing that role of forward. Uh, it'll be interesting, especially with Croatia, to uh, see what they bring out in the September games uh, in late September and uh, in some of the friendlies, which I'm sure they're going to play uh, going into the cup. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the podcast here. I'll just show a little picture of Croatia and uh, see how closely my shirt matches their shirt there. Um, red and white anyway. <laughs> That's as close as I can get. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this media cast. So keep in mind, we'll be doing an update as new information comes out. Uh, that will probably be in early to mid-November uh, when the teams publish their final squad list so that we can tell you how it all turned out. Meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And on our website at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. Um, and check the show notes. I've been improving the show notes uh, to give more information. So there are links to our website and uh, some good information there for you. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you when we cover our next team. Bye-bye. <laughs>